Well, people of God, are you ready for the words? I want us to read today from a couple of scriptures while we are still standing. Uh, we are reading from Isaiah chapter 9 uh, in the Old Testament, and then we'll go over to the New Testament. I love these two scriptures because they are two stories written hundreds of years apart, and yet they both speak of the same thing. You know, one is written by an old prophet in Israel, another is written by a random doctor <laughs> some 800 years later. Let's read from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7, uh, part A, in the New Living Translation. Let's go. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, his government and its peace will never end. Come on. Woo! Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Come on, give the Lord praise. And you may be seated. I want to say how grateful I am, first of all, to the Lord for this opportunity to Share the word with us today and also to Pastor Don and Miss Amy for extending the invitation uh, to their pulpit. So grateful. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, I want to appreciate my wife and uh, my family just for their support, their prayer they, for me this morning and set me on my way. But this is an exciting time of the year. I mean, December is here. You know, for many of us, we've just been waiting for December. <laughs> like, when will this year end? And that means Christmas is here. You know, the decorations are out. The trees are glittering, the lights and the bells and everything. You can tell we are really excited about Christmas here at NLC. Don't you love all the wonderful Christmas decorations everywhere? We are big about this. What an exciting season we are in. But this season means different things to different people. For some of us, it's holiday season. Every day is a Friday in December. <laughs> you know, to some, we're looking forward to a trip to Shags, you know, a special meal, a new outfit, Christmas gifts. You know, my children um, are very excited about Christmas because this is the part that's most important to them. But I need your help because my son wants a surfboard for Christmas. <laughs> and I need, I need to know where to find one. And after that, where to find the waves to actually make it work. <laughs> you know? But growing up, Christmas was such a big deal. I'm old enough to remember days when chapati and chicken was only for Christmas. You know, we would wait for that special time. You know, one of the funny things I remember about Christmas is my siblings, they lied to me once. My, my brother is here. He can testify. I don't know whether he was part of the crew. But... Uh, they lied to me once and they told me, if you stay up all night, okay, at midnight, you will see Jesus being born. 
<laughs> so, so I could never do it for years and years. I could never do it. I mean, I'd always fall asleep before midnight. So one time, just one time, I mean, I've, I've tried all day. I slept. I'm ready. We are all sitting there at night in this service. And midnight comes and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> for Jesus to be born. I never saw it. Maybe I was not in the spirit. But I was very disappointed. <laughs> that was the last time I stayed up all night. Like, no, it's waste of time. You know, but Christmas was always such a big deal to us growing up. But for some of us, all this means for us is just a break from work and time to sleep and nothing more. That's also true for some of us. We are also getting into a season that can seem at times that the enemy has taken captive. We read about how high the rates of depression and suicide are in this month. For far too many of us, we find ourselves enveloped by the sadness of unaccomplished goals and dreams as the year is coming to an end. It's become a season of commercialization and ungodly culture. You know, if you spend any amount of time online, it feels like this is the time of carousing and evil like never before. Everyone is trying to outdo themselves in how much ungodly sherehe they can fit into this one month. With all this, is there something more? Is there something transcendent for us as believers that should run through this season? And thank God there is. Isaiah is prophesying hundreds of years before Christ that a child has been born to us. A son has been given to us. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a prince of peace. We are celebrating the good news that will bring great joy to all people. On this mission Sunday, I'm so honored to begin our final series for 2021, renewed in our cause to celebrate. We have a cause to celebrate. This is not just another time of the year, saints. This is not just something we do because it's fun. We have a reason for our celebration. The tree means something. The lights mean something. The bells mean something. We are pointing toward a savior that we want to remember and to celebrate. I pray that today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God will renew in our hearts a value for this season. Or if we've never had it, birth it afresh in us. You see, celebration is a part of life. Anything that is important to us, we celebrate. That's why we celebrate birthdays and graduations and all of these important events in our lives. But the birth of Christ, the coming of Christ was not just monumental. It was miraculous. This is the single most important story in history. It altered the course of humanity. It set in motion God's plan for the ages. This incredible story is the reason Christmas exists. It's the reason for this whole season. Now, this is not about some dogmatic idea that we are following some religious custom, you know, to celebrate in a certain way. No, this is about gaining the value for what this time means for each and every one of us as people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want us to look at three things about this celebration that if we take hold of, I believe it will ground the meaning of this season in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. Number one, the celebration is for everyone. The celebration is for everyone. Say everyone. 
Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, the angel is talking to the shepherds and he says, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to who? All people. Great joy to all people. One of the things I love about this good news is that it was for all people. The coming of Christ created a level playing field for everyone. That's a reason to celebrate. You have to understand that Christ came into a very unequal society. They had Roman oppression on one end, religious segregation on the other end, and suddenly here comes a king who everybody has access to. The children can go sit on his laps. The women with the issue of blood can touch him. I mean, he's just like, is someone dead? I hear people don't touch dead people here. Hey, get up. I mean, that was him. He created a level playing field for everyone. God cared enough for us that he was willing to give his son to come to us, not as a commander that couldn't be approached or as a noble that we'd have to bribe to get favors from. No, he came as one of us for all of us. Hallelujah. I mean, look at the motley crew highlighted in his coming. It started off with a young, simple Mary. I mean, young girl. Most historians believe she was in her late teens. Then you have Joseph, a carpenter, son of a carpenter. Then you have the shepherds out in the fields, outcast almost. They are the first to receive the news. Then you go to the faithful old uh, prophet Simon in the temple and the prophetess Anna. And finally you have the wise men from the east who are rich and knowledgeable. The young and the old, the simple and the educated. The chosen and the outcast, the poor and the rich, they all received the news and were welcomed into the celebration. Come on, we are all welcome. This celebration is for everybody. You have no reason to take yourself out of it. Don't approach this season as, you know, Christmas is for rich people. Or Christmas is for white people. Can I talk about that a little bit? <laughs> we... All of us in this room, we have a reason. We have been invited into this celebration. Now how you celebrate is up to you. But never forget that he's coming into a humble home, a humble town, a humble manger. Was to show us that no one would be left out of this good news. It's a celebration for all people. Come on, give him praise today. Hallelujah. Number two, this celebration is not dependent on our current circumstances. The celebration is not dependent on our current circumstances. Now, one of the things that are so effective at taking celebration out of this season for us is the reality of our circumstances. And let's be honest, it's been such a tough couple of years and many of us are still going through it. There are many of us in despair. Even in preparing for this message, I just felt it. There are many of us in despair. How do we tell the mourning to celebrate? How do we tell the despondent to celebrate? How do you celebrate in the face of having lost so much? How do you celebrate when the darkness of depression hovers over you? And yet, the message of this season is that our Savior has come to be our joy even when nothing else is working. He has come to be our hope even in the darkest of situations. Our Savior, He's come to be your joy. He's come to be your hope. 
I love this scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, same place we read through, but earlier on in verse 1, 2, and 4. And it says, nevertheless, it's still speaking about the coming of Christ. That time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For you, our Savior, will break the yoke of slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Jesus Christ coming into our lives. We can celebrate because our Savior's coming is above our circumstances. In fact, it is only because of His coming that we can celebrate. It is only because of Him that we have hope that things will get better, that we will see our loved ones again, that He has a plan for our lives. Because of Him, we can fight that darkness of depression with delight in Jesus. Because of him, we can let his joy take the place of sorrow. I encourage you today, saints. Your circumstances might be difficult. You might be going through the worst darkness of your life. But there is a savior. And you in the darkness have that great light available to you. Choose to embrace him in this season. Choose to celebrate him in this season. In mourning, in trouble, in torment, in doubt. In need, in COVID, remember that he was called Emmanuel, God with us. Not just when it's all nice and dandy, God with us. Not just when it's easy, God with us. A very present help in the time of trouble. He is right there in it with you. And you can celebrate him for that. And finally, number three, the celebration is a mission. The celebration is a mission. I don't know if we realize this, but the coming of Christ was the beginning of the Father's ultimate mission on earth, the salvation of mankind. You see, the angels did not just announce the birth of a child. Oh, guys, there's a cute baby born over there. You go see him. He's so cute. You'll really like him. No. They were announcing the birth of a savior. They were saying the Messiah has come. They were telling the shepherds, you might go right now and see a child, but we want you to see him knowing he has come to save you. Our world today wants to have Christmas without the Christ. And it's always struck me as odd how you celebrate someone's birthday, but we don't talk about him. Don't say his name. Oh, but happy birthday, so and so. Just don't say his name. This season is about that mission that started over two millennia ago. And that mission is our responsibility in this season. Listen, we are to celebrate and to tell this good news. Those two things go hand in hand. We are to celebrate and we are to tell. I want you to see the pattern in Luke chapter 2. Luke 2.17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had told them about this child. In Luke 2.38, speaking of the prophetess Anna, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting in expectancy for God to rescue Jerusalem. This news, this good news, it was too good to keep. Their joy, their celebration overflowed in a desire to let everyone know that the Savior 
had been born. It's Mission Sunday today, saints. We are on a mission. In this celebration, Christmas is a mission. This season, this celebration is a mission. There's an interesting story I love in uh, 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, Samaria is under siege. The Arameans are all around them. Then God delivers them. Miraculous turn of events. The Arameans run away and they leave everything. Now, outside they get their four lepers. Okay? They are outcasts. So they are outside. And they, they, they decide, you know, if we stay here, we'll die. So we might as well go to the enemy camp and find, maybe we'll find food there. But then they go there and find everybody is gone. And the Bible says that they began to eat and to drink. And then in verse 9, one of them turns around and tells the rest, guys, what we are doing is not good. Samaria has been saved, but they don't know yet that they have been saved. And here we are. We are celebrating and enjoying. But there's a whole city that doesn't know yet that this celebration is for them as well. What we are doing is not good. We've got to go and tell the city, hey, you are saved. The Savior has come. That's us, guys. That's us. We are not just celebrating senselessly. We have a reason and we can't wait to tell everyone who asks or even anyone who even dares to look in our direction. Tell them that we have a reason for our celebration. That reason is Jesus and he's come for you as well. You need to be saved. Your Savior has come. This celebration is a mission. Hallelujah. I want to finish here by saying that this celebration, this mission is to begin first in our hearts, then in our homes. You know, many of us didn't grow up with Jesus centered at Christmas. And so as we spend time together in our homes, as we spend time together with our families, with our friends, let us remember that we are on mission. Speak about Jesus often. When you're talking, find ways to swivel the conversation back to Jesus. This season, this celebration is about the Lord. It's about Jesus. You know, Miss McKenna spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about culture. And sometimes we can just be, get caught up in the, what we do at Christmas. As a family, you know, it's just shags and everybody getting drunk and all of these things that happen. Lift up the name of Jesus. Speak up the name of Jesus. Pray about opportunities to minister. It's hard to minister to your family. Amen. Our prayers for our family are usually may somebody find them and tell them about Jesus. <laughs> Pray. Be intentional about opportunities to minister. Let me tell you, people are going through all sorts of things. People are going through all sorts of troubles. You are walking around carrying the Prince of Peace with you. Pray that when you go to Sharks this month, something is different. That you walk into that situation and people look at you and say, Hey, what's different? And you tell them it's the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. Pray for opportunities to reach out to those around you. Set a Jesus-exalting tradition for your family Christmas. You, you have the capacity to set tradition. People around you 
people around you, they shape their, themselves to what you present. <laughs> okay? Your family shapes itself to what you present. So decide. I'm speaking especially to myself and to young families in this room. Begin now to set a Jesus-centered tradition for your family. Let people grow up knowing this is about Jesus. Talk about it to your children. Set a pattern, set an example. Take time to recount the goodness of God. You know when you read the Old Testament and you read about the uh, festivals and celebrations that God instituted, it was always let this be instituted from generation to generation so that every generation will see that this is why we do this. We are not mindless Christians who are just like, oh, that to since the day we don't know how it came up. No, we have a purpose, we have a mission. So we are deliberate about that mission. We are deliberate about teaching our children. Hey, do you know why we celebrate Christmas? It's not about Santa. You know, it's not about gifts. That's awesome. But you know why we celebrate Christmas? It's because Jesus came to save us. This is Jesus' birthday. Teach them to value. If you haven't done it all your life, begin. Begin now. We are on a mission to the next generation, beginning in our homes. Take it, take it, and live it. Amen. I, I like Psalm 78. It says, He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, verse 5 and 7, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them, even children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. We... Christian life and Christian values are modeled and taught in the family. Take the time to do so. Take the time to learn. Take the time to institute it because we are on a mission. Amen. So remember as we celebrate this season that this celebration is for everybody. Everyone is welcome. This celebration is not dependent on what's going on around us. And this celebration is a mission. Amen. Can we stand in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Woo! And I want us to pray together today. I want to pray for our families first and foremost. For individuals, for single people, every person in this room. Lord, I'm praying that, Father, you would do something supernatural in our hearts. God, I, I can stand here and say that even I need to grow in value for this season and value for celebrating you and celebrating the reality, God, that you have come for us. I pray, Lord, if there is anyone in this room who's ever felt that they are excluded from this celebration, that God, you would remind them this morning that you have come for all of us, that you have come for each and every one of us. I pray for that young lady in this room today who's feeling like an outcast, who's feeling like she doesn't have the right click. She's not invited to things. She's not connected to things. That you came for her. That she is invited. That you have come for all of us. That we are all invited. I pray for those God who are weighed down. They look back in, on 2020.